0: Well, happy Mother's Day. Uh, Welcome to Bridgewater. Um, If I've not gotten a chance to meet you yet, my name is Tim, and we are so excited that you are here. Uh, Whether you are mom or not, we are thrilled, and we are thankful for all the moms that are here. And I just have to say, in this whole business of honoring moms and fathers, I feel like in our society, we are missing a group of people of honoring, and that's the firstborns. Right. Just, no, just hear me out, okay? I'm a firstborn, and without us, we we made you moms, okay? So, <laughs> thank you, everybody. Um, but all joking aside, we are we are excited to honor all of the ladies in the room, whether you are a mom or not, and uh, hopefully you've already taken advantage of some of the cool stuff we have going on. There's a Selfie photo station out there. There's some really cool waters out there and some treats and some specialty coffees and some things going on. And uh, today really is an awesome day, but I recognize on a day like today, it can be a really challenging day. And I know that is true because I know that there are women in this room who want to be a mom and they're not. And I know there are women in this room who are grieving the loss of children. I know there are children in this room who are grieving their loss of their mom, and it brings all sorts of difficulties. And I know that some of you are are having a a difficult time with with your kid or a difficult time with your parent. There's that strained relationship right now. And so on a day like today, I want to let you know that even though it can be challenging, even though it can be difficult, today is a day that you can find joy and hope in, and here's why. Here's why you can find joy, because no matter who you are, no matter where you are on this journey, if if you're a follower of Jesus, God has brought you into, he has adopted you into this perfect family of Jesus, and because of that, there is hope, and there is joy. Even though we live in this sin-cursed world, there is joy, and uh, I know there's a lot of, of you ladies who fill the role of mom, even though you don't have the official title of mom. You're an aunt or you're a friend, or you're a foster mom, or you even provide respite care so that other parents can have a break for the weekend. Someone, so many of you love on the children in our community, in our church, and you fill those roles in ways we can never comprehend. And for that, we are thankful and we love each and every single one of you ladies in this room. Now, on a completely different note, let me ask you a different question. Here's this question. How many of you would say you're a golfer? Woo! Yes, all right, all right. Now, now, by golfer, I don't necessarily mean someone who is really great at golf like Keith apparently is. What I mean is somebody who likes to go out and play a round of golf. If that's you, you're, you would be a golfer, all right? And here's, here's the thing about golf. If you don't know, it's actually a really difficult and challenging sport. It's one of those sports that you can't really just be natural at it and just kind of pick it up and be good. You've got to work at it. You've got to practice. And it is incredibly frustrating. And for someone like me who is a little bit competitive and terrible at golf, it is overwhelming and it is frustrating. And, and here's the worst thing about playing a round of golf is at some point when you're out there, you're going to address the ball, and everybody around you is going to stop and stare at you. Now, if you're a really good golfer, like apparently Keith is, you're going to address the problem. And you're going to be like, yeah, buddy, come look at this. And you're going to hit the ball, and you're going to go, boom. And just, that's how it goes, right? Now, if you're like me, and you're not so good at golf, you're going to have some problems, right? You're going you're gonna to address the ball. And it's, it's an awful feeling because you got five guys over there just kind of stopping and staring at you. you got a couple other guys just stopping over there looking at you. And you're going to address the ball. And I'm going to be honest. I have no clue where this thing's going to go. <laughs> I could smash it, and it could go 200 yards. And I could be like, yep, that's how it goes every single time, baby. I could hit the ball, and it could go left. It could go right. It could hit a tree and go backwards. The grass could go further than the ball. I have no idea where that ball is going to go. But here's the thing. Every single time you get up to address that ball, there's a group of people stopping, staring, watching you, And they're going to make a judgment about me. They're going to make a judgment about me, whether or not I'm a good golfer or a bad golfer, based on one swing. And it better be a good one. Have you ever felt that kind of judgment? Have you ever felt like people were watching you and they were examining your life and they were making a judgment about you based on one moment of your life? Moms, you probably feel this all the time, don't you? You bring your kids to church, it's Mother's Day, you, you go out to a restaurant, you're going out to Walmart, you're going out to Wegmans, you're going out to Aldi, you're bringing your kids out, you're bringing them to school, you're bringing them wherever you bring them and one of them has a meltdown, right? And there's, there's moms over there, there's moms over there and they're looking at you and they're judging you on that one moment of your life. Some of you have a junior higher or a high schooler and they're failing gym class and you've got other friends and and their kids are all on the honor roll and they're judging you on that one moment. It seems like everybody else's kids have these kids. They're taking high school and college AP classes and they're like rocket scientists and your kid is just struggling with fractions and they're judging you on that one moment. So moms, how do you deal with mom guilt? How do you overcome that? How do you work through that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to give you hope. I want to give you four reasons, moms, that you can take hope and take heart today. So if you have your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 8 with me. Romans chapter 8. Paul's writing a letter to a church in Rome, and he's talking about the gospel, he's talking about salvation, he's talking about what this means for followers of Jesus, and then he gets to chapter 8, and he gets to some really practical stuff for all of us. If you don't have a Bible, we have it on the screen behind me, but here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. He says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Go back to verse 28. Notice this word, all. It's not a complicated word at all, right? All means all, right? You guys are geniuses, right? We know that in all things, every single thing, God is working together for good. Moms, God is using your kids right now in your life. He's using the battles you have when it's bedtime. He's using the attitudes and the questions. He's using the runny noses. He's using the sleepless nights. He's using, yes, the struggles with math homework and writing papers. He's using even those times where you tell your kid to do this and they do the complete opposite. He is using all things. All things. The fears, the worries, the stresses, the relationships. And some of you moms here, you're a single mom you're trying to hold down the fort by yourself. He's using that. Using the relationships, not just your kids, but your neighbors, but your co-workers, but all things. He's using all things in your life and in my life for good. Now, what is that good? That's a great question, right? Because the good doesn't mean that your life is going to go perfect. It doesn't mean that's going to go smooth, that you're going to get everything that you want. We already know that's not the case. So what does good mean? Well, look at verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the good, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That's the good. That, that God is using every single situation, scenario, kid, the spilled juice, the fights at dinnertime, the arguments about what you're going to wear, what you're not going to wear. He's using all things. And God is using those things to shape you, to mold you, to conform you, to help each and every single one of you to look more like Jesus. At the end of your day, at the end of your life, you and I, as, as we follow Jesus, as we follow him as his apprentices, he's gonna use those things to help us to become more like Jesus. That's the good. And I, and I wanna encourage you Moms, I want to encourage you ladies that he's using those things. He is purposely using those things in your life right now. Maybe even your marriage, maybe even your grandkids, maybe your singleness. He's using all things that you would become more like Jesus. But he says this somewhere else too. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul says something similar. Go to the next slide. Show me the next slide. <laughs> Click. All right, awesome. So here's what Paul says to the church in Thessalonica. He says, May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. That's that this idea of setting you apart. That God is setting you apart for something incredible. That He's gonna use you, He's gonna conform you, He's gonna shape you, He's gonna refine you, and He's gonna sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. God wants to use you right now, moms. God wants to use you right now, ladies. And he is being intentional about using you. And so as you go through life, and you wrestle with mom guilt, and you will, and you have friends that do, And guys, it is real. They think, they feel like every single moment is is looking at them, and, and whether or not they're a good mom or a bad mom is being judged by maybe one thing. Here's, I want you to take hope with this. Here's the first reason you can take hope because God is refining you in this season, He's using this situation. He's using this moment in your life, he's using this season to conform you, to shape you, to mold you, and to refine you. And so when you wrestle with mom guilt, you're not being judged on one situation or two or three. God looks at you and he sees what he's doing in you and he's pleased with that. He sees the work that he's putting into you. And he's using, he is using all of those things to do the work in you. And so take heart to know that the battle that you're in right now, the fights that you're having right now, the fears, the worries, the discouragement, all of that, God is somehow using that to shape you and to refine you. When Shane and I went to college, we went to college down in Clark Summit. right near Scranton. And uh, if you know anything about Scranton, it's famous for the office. But, be, whoop, but before Jim, Pam, and Dwight, it was also very famous for whoop, mining, right? So they would mine a lot of things in Scranton. Uh, you didn't know that. And so here's the deal, when you, when you mine things and you pull things out, you pull out these, these minerals out of the earth, they're in this horrific state and they're ugly and they're not good, they're not beautiful, and they pull them out and you give them to uh, somebody who knows what they're doing, a, a metallurgist, and they're going to they're gonna heat it up and they're going to put all this heat on there, they're going to boil all the imperfections out of it, and then they're going to create something strong and beautiful the idea of mining. And, and you and I, we are horrific Christians that God has pulled out of the mind, out of the darkness, and he is doing a work in you. And sometimes he's turning up the heat. And it's this white hot heat. Sometimes it feels like he's boiling all the imperfections out of us. And out of it, he is making something strong and beautiful and amazing. Moms, he's doing that right now in this season. God is refining us for our benefit. John Piper says it this way. He is the refiner's fire. He's a refiner's fire and that makes all the difference. A refiner's fire does not destroy indiscriminately like a forest fire. A refiner's fire does not consume completely like the fire of an incinerator. A refiner's fire refines. It purifies. It melts down the bar of silver or gold, separates out the impurities that ruin its value, burns them up, and leaves the silver and gold intact. That's what he's doing, Mom. That's what he's doing in your life right now. He's using all things, and he is sanctifying you, and he's refining you. But take a look at at what else God is doing in this season. Romans 8, go back to verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good. We talked about that. For those who love him, who have been called, who've been called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those who he called, he also justified. Those who he justified, he also glorified. Moms, he's calling you. He's calling you to this season. He's calling you and he's giving you a purpose. He's created you with purpose. And he's working all things together together for good to refine you, to sanctify you, to mold you and shape you to the image of Jesus. And so right now, as you walk through this journey, as you walk through this very season of life, know that God has called you. He's intentionally working in your life right now. So when you feel that mom guilt later today, am I doing enough? Have I done enough? Have I, have I helped my kids enough? As you feel it tomorrow or later this week, just remind yourself, you know what? God's called me. You know what, right now, God is conforming me. God is refining me right now. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. I'm not where I wanna be. I'm not where, I'm not where I hoped I would be, but God is doing something incredible. But take a look back at 1 Thessalonians 5. The one who calls you, is what? Is faithful, and he will do it. God is the one who is calling you. God is the one who is faithful. God is the one who is doing a work in your life, and he plans on finishing it. He is sanctifying you, and he has called you. And so this, this idea is, is really, a, it's a present active participle. Maybe you're just like, what? A present what? He's currently, presently, actively participle. It's, it's ongoing. It's, it's the ING. It's, it's happening right now. He's calling you right now, actively. He didn't call you once just to leave you high and dry. God, the creator of the entire universe, is actively working, faithfully working in your life, calling you. And so the second reason you can take heart is because he's called you. God has called you to this season, mom. He's called you to this season where you're at right now. You can find hope. You can take heart in that because you can know, okay, even though it's difficult, even though it's uncomfortable, it's not easy, and it looks like everybody else has it so much better, God has called you, and he's working in that right now. But not only that, look at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, says his divine power has given us everything we need. Right now, God has given you everything you need, For a godly life. Mom, God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Dads, he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. Singles, he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God's word is filled with hope. As you face trials and difficulties of motherhood, as you face those trials and difficulties of singleness, as you face those trials and difficulties of marriage, God has given you everything you need right here in his word. Now this is not going to show you how to turn off your check engine light in your car, okay? That requires duct tape. (laughs) But everything else is right here. How do I become more like Jesus? How do I parent and lead my kids like Jesus would? It's right here. How do I take on fears and worries and stress and discouragement It's right here. When life seems to continue through lemon after lemon after lemon, and all sorts of discomforts and hardships, life seems like it's unfair. How do I work through that? God says it's right here. It's right here. God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. And he is full of goodness. Mom, his goodness is running after you. Moms, his goodness is pursuing you. His goodness is chasing after you. And our heavenly father is relentless. So you can take heart. You can be encouraged because God has given you everything you need for this season. So take heart. When you're faced with mom guilt, and you will be, know that, okay, right now he's given me every single thing I need in this season. It's found in his word. It's on the Bible app. And if you're not sure where to find that, you have an incredible church family who will come around you and help you figure that out. Because we care about the women, we value the women in this church. and We love each and every single one of you. And so if you feel like you're walking through this season alone, look around, you're not. When you're struggling with mom guilt, there are a hundred other moms in this room who are feeling the same thing. You're not the only one who struggles with that. I know this not because I'm a mom, but because I'm married, my wife feels that way. I know this because I have a mom, and she feels that way. And listen, I was a terrible kid. I gave her all sorts of reasons to experience mom guilt. Here's the next thing I want you to see. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us, Mom, you are this amazing masterpiece. You are God's handiwork. The one who painted the universe also created you. And he says, You're my handiwork, and you are in Christ. That's your identity. Your momship, your motherhood is not your identity. It's a great role, it's an incredible role, and we need you to play that role. But that's not who you are. When God looks at you, He sees an incredible masterpiece. He sees you perfectly in Christ. He doesn't see all the bumps and the bruises and the failures and the shortcomings. That word handiwork is like this idea of, of a poem or an incredible painting that you are His handiwork. You are that creative poem that he made. You are that incredible masterpiece that he painted or that he made or that he sculpted. You, mom, are his handiwork. So when you feel that mom guilt, I want you to know that God is preparing you right now for the next season. That he is working in and through you. And I get it. Today is going to be a challenging day for some of you because of where you are in this season. But don't just take my word for it. I really want you to hear from one of the moms at our church. She's going to share her thoughts on how these four truths have helped her take heart. Take a look.
1: I always wanted to be a mom, and I really wanted to be an amazing mom. I felt pretty prepared because of how I grew up, but I didn't expect motherhood to reveal just how selfish I truly am. I'm sure I heard that, but I obviously didn't listen. God has and continues to use motherhood to refine me, to make me more like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus, but I struggle to see the day-to-day challenges as God refining me. I allow my kids and my circumstances to control my emotions, and then I'm not quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I struggle to restore my kids gently. I forget that God is using everything and everyone around me to remove what isn't like Jesus. So I have to ask myself, am I letting him do that, or am I fighting against it? Do I respond based on what my kids are or aren't doing? Am I sinning in my response because I'm not getting what I think I need? Am I comparing myself to moms around me? Am I sinning in order to get what I feel like I deserve based on all I do? If I remove God from the equation, I miss the fact that he is refining me, making me more like Jesus. The only way to be a great wife and mom is to be like Jesus. I have to be willing to allow God to decide what that process looks like for me. God is the one who determined when I became a mom, how many kids we had, how close together they are, and how long I will need to mother them. He created me to raise Cole, Maggie, Sadie, and Gracie. He decided whether they were awful or good babies, how much sleep I got, how bad the terrible twos were, which actually turned out to be about 18 months to 18 years old how many times we were in and out of the hospital, whether my kids were outgoing, shy, athletic, artistic, musical, academic, but he also determined what motherhood would look like for me in this current season. He wanted me to raise four teenagers during this time in history, in this culture, in this community. He determined what circumstances would enter my world that don't have anything to do with motherhood. He actually orchestrated the events of history to bring me to this exact moment in life and in motherhood. He wants me to be a mom right now to an 18, 16, 14, and 13 year old and knows that not only is that the very best thing for me, but it's actually the very best thing for them. If he orchestrated the events of history to give me those babies and to bring me to this point, I can be confident he will give me what I need to do this well. The one who called me to this season will be faithful to see me through this season. Here again though, I have got to ask the question if I actually live like I believe that on a daily basis. If I know that he will give me everything I need for this season, then I can't look at my kids or my circumstances to determine if I have everything I need to be godly. When I delivered my miscarried baby, and then did it all over again three years later. When my baby won't stop crying for months and I spend night after night crying in the darkness. When I watched my child continually struggle to breathe. When my child's emotions were out of control. When I watched my child be wheeled into heart surgery. When my kids won't stop fighting with each other. When I hold my sobbing teenager. When my child is so mad at me that they won't even talk to me when i have no idea how to navigate 2023 with four teenagers when i'm tired and weary from sacrificing and serving and repeating myself and being constantly needed when i'm lonely when i'm hurt those are the moments that i have to remind myself that he has given me everything i need to be like jesus My emotions and feelings don't have to control me. I can do this. I can respond with grace and gentleness and patience. I can have joy in the chaos, a peace that makes no sense, and an incredible confidence that he is good. The power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, so I'm pretty sure he can give me everything I need to respond like Jesus. I worry about my babies. I worry about their future in this world and the future of my grandbabies. I worry about how I will handle the next season. But if I believe that God is good and that he is currently preparing me for the next season, then I don't have to worry about the future. I just have to be faithful right now and take the next right step. God is already in the next season. He will give me the grace to handle what he asks of me then. If I honestly look back, I will see that he has been faithful in every season. He won't fail me now. Instead of running from the difficulty motherhood or life brings, I want to allow it to help me surrender any selfishness, prepare me for what is next, and give him everything knowing that his goodness is running after me.